Welcome to the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio, a place dedicated to animals and all those who act to protect and advocate for them. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Salvamini, and I'm thrilled and honored to be here representing All About Animals Radio using my voice for the animals. Thank you for joining us for what intends to be a thought-provoking and soul-inspiring series where we discuss topics aimed at understanding the importance of the relationship between empathy, animal rights, and our peaceful coexistence with the animal kingdom. And now on to our show. Hello and welcome everyone. Today we are joined by Lydia Kulschnik. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, Lydia, AKA Lady Epona, is the founder and operator of the Epona Healing Ranch, Horse Sanctuary and Healing Center. Lydia also brings together 30 years of passion, expertise and wisdom as a high performance wellness coach and three-time best-selling author, columnist with Expert Profile Magazine, an executive contributor to Brain Magazine. Welcome, Lydia. Thanks so much for joining us here today. It's an honor to have you um, be available to discuss the Divinity of Horses, which is your chapter within the newly released book, Evolving on Purpose. Well, thank you. It's an honor and pleasure to be here with you today, Erica. And I'm so excited to talk about our expanding consciousness with horses and the divinity of horses and and how we can all connect with our own divinity um, as we honor the divinity in others. That's beautiful. I love that. And um, I knew when I heard about the work that you do that we would be a great fit together because we both do healing work and work with animals. And it's just a really nice um, nice flow and something that we both believe in on, on deep levels. So um, we'll, we'll just jump right in then. And so, I understand after doing a little bit of research, Epona is was also known as the goddess of and protector of horses and also for, I guess, donkeys and mules. And so the naming of your ranch and also your pseudonym makes a lot of sense. And I thought that was really lovely uh, given your deep soul connection with horses. And I was wondering if you could share a little bit about your work at the Epona Healing Ranch um, with our audience today and also how you knew you know, your rescuing of horses and healing them would become so important for you personally. Well, yeah, it's just to mention the the whole um, history of Epona, I think Epona with an E is known as the horse goddess. I think it's Celtic tradition. I'm not sure you know what? if you... It's Roman and Celtic, and then also has Greek origins, German origins, and Syrian. So I was really... Uh, I found it compelling how, you know, deep this lineage ran, the roots of Epona, which, you know, you've kind uh, of, it's with an E, but yours is with an A, but it's really basically the same thing, isn't it? Well, yeah. So when I was, when I was starting my holistic health practice 25 years ago, I was looking for a name and then Epona came up and then it just evolved into Epona with an A, but I've always been guided by dreams that, um, uh, you know, as I said, be, that I'm guided actually by dreams to to what I'm supposed to do and um, and to align with my soul mission, really. And so the name Epona uh, was in a, in, was in a complete alignment. So I started with Epona Healing Arts. Um, and then my friends 
who are very spiritually connected started calling me Lady Epona. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then also it came to me in Dreams Again. And then EponaHealing.com is now my umbrella website for all my different pathways that I offer um, for self-development um, and, and for healing. Uh, but my background in healing with horses really began in the world of spirit through dreams. So from the age of 10, um, I've been guided by dreams. That all started because I was born uh, chronically ill. And then at the age of 10, I started having dreams and I was told that um, that I would actually heal my chronic health conditions. But that was a journey that took from the age of 10 to the age of 30. And in that journey, I underwent a huge process of self-discovery and was always guided by spirits, by horses, um, by animals that come to me in dreams and really directed me into every area of my life. So I was an international environmental policy analyst and trained in that. I'm also a trained a mental health therapist. Um, and then when I was in my deep healing in my late 20s during my Saturn return, the dreams were so clear and powerful that um, I couldn't just um, not acknowledge them. And so that was when I had my big shift into the healing arts. And so that was almost 30 years ago now. And, um, and it's been amazing ever since. So being spiritually guided is always like a shortcut uh, to aligning yourself with your true purpose and passion. Definitely. I can, I can agree with everything you're saying. It totally resonates with me. And I, um, I didn't, I always similarly was uh, connected with animals and to, I guess, an esoteric kind of way of living in spiritual way, but it wasn't until my later years that I started to self-heal and, you know, the end result was the same, um, but I, I can understand all of what you're saying. And I think it's amazing and beautiful and a powerful story. So thank you for sharing that. And I also had the pleasure of reading your chapter, The Divinity of Horses, and which I loved. I thought it was wonderful. And the very first quote was, was quite gripping for me personally, which says, when two great beings, humans and horses, unite in love, the soul of the universe is healed. And I thought, wow. I just had to stop and absorb that for a minute. I thought it was beautiful and I understood it on a very deep level. I was wondering if you could share with our audience, um, explain what what you meant by this statement. Well, as you said, everybody who reads anything really is going to have their own connection to it, which is what we want. But that came to me many years ago. I downloaded that message of the spiritual guided message and for me, it means very, very deep union of love of the essence of the universe itself. And one of the principles of the universe is everything is energy. Uh, that's the first universal principle I work with. And so we're all part of one energy field and we're part of a universe and the universe is expanding and contracting around us and multiverses and there's infinite energy. So when two great beings, in this case, humans and horses, unite in love, which is the essence of the highest frequency of the universe, then anything is possible. We can heal at the deepest level and transform and ultimately ascend and live in the highest vibration 
um, in the most direct and most efficient way. Beautifully put, you have uh, quite a way with words and um, just evoking such beautiful feelings. And I, I appreciate that. And I also feel that you tapped into something that's so important and um, people should be made aware of. And that is, you know, as I, an energy healer and animal empath, um, I've always been aware that animals are healing and they heal us. And they also heal the earth, which makes them extremely important and critical for us to protect and love and honor, which is not something that we're necessarily doing right now. In fact, we're not really doing a very good job at all of repaying them for the unconditional love and healing that they've been giving us. And so I was wondering if you could expand a little bit on your own personal experience and knowledge of animals as healers. Well, yeah, this is the time on the planet of one of the greatest paradigm shifts in, in human consciousness. And we're shifting from an old paradigm of what I call medieval mindset, you know, of, of control, of domination, of feeling superior, um, into a paradigm of oneness, of recognizing the unity in, in everything, and realizing that love is the great connector of, 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 of all things. And so when when we start to shift our uh, relationship with ourselves and then view the world more from uh, equality, more from a place where we honor life, including our own life, then we can expand um, the possibilities of what it is to, 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 to love, right? And to really connect with animals. So no longer seeing animals um, as tools, as something to dominate as inferior, but as equal sentient beings um, who have as much to offer, if not more, uh, to the planet as we do. And then to celebrate that, to celebrate that we have these beautiful brothers and sisters on the planet that we can co-create with at the highest level, co-creating with the divine. And this will really bring in abundance um, and true and lasting peace for all beings on the earth. So we're shifting and yes, there's still uh, a long ways to go. And um, in Taoist macrobiotic theory, the timeline is 2100 when the North Star aligns with the North Pole, uh, heralding in the next 13,500 years of light. Um, so we're shifting right now and, and it'll take some time, but there's been tremendous progress made. When I started out being very conscious of honoring animals as sentient beings, and when they would come to me in dreams as a child and speak to me, that was really quite radical you know, at the time, and it might still be radical to some people, <laughs> but, um, but then, but then because of my health conditions and I had severe digestive disorders, I couldn't digest meat either. And I didn't want to eat meat. So I've been vegan for over 40 years and it's so um, encouraging and enriching for me to see so many young people and so many people on the planet especially now through social media, you know, cause you're not alone anymore in your little town or, you know, in, in your little country village uh, doing your thing. You can connect 
and celebrate the divinity of all of these animals. And then together we have momentum and it's all for the good. Like everyone will win when we honor animals as divine beings, right? As, 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 as co-creators on the planet. So well put. I, I, I don't even know that there's anything I could add. I'm listening to you and my heart is swelling with love and appreciation and just nodding because yes, all of it. Yes. <laughs> it's just beautiful. And we all led with our hearts. What a phenomenally beautiful, peaceful place this earth would be. And we are going in that direction. And I can appreciate all that you said because I see it as encouraging. I see it every day. And social media does allow us to connect together on all of this, which is so nice that we're we're not alone. And we know that we're reminded constantly every day, um, even in person, you know, we meet people every day that that give us hope and encouragement towards this new earth order that we're heading into. So uh, it's just wonderful. Um, so back to the divinity of horses, you had mentioned um, in your writing that your relationship with horses began in the spirit world, which you've alluded to, and not in a barn or stable that they come to you in dreams, which I think is amazing. Um, so you did mention a bit about how this happened for you. Maybe tell us about the first time you experienced that. I don't know if you remember that. You said you were around 10 when these dreams started happening for you um, with horses. Is that correct? Yeah, well, that's when I went through my first, I guess it's a spiritual um, awakening in a, in a way. When I was 10, I was uh, very ill and I decided, I took a stand for myself and I decided I was not going to be chronically ill and decline the rest of my life. And I was drawn to um, sitting in a stone of circles in the woods at our farm or or, or or in our barn, which at the time didn't have any animals, um, but, um, and and I would get messages uh, from animals and animals would come around me around the circle of stones like the fox and the raven. And that was really my place of deep connection. And certainly horses, um, beautiful white beings in the shape of humans and other animals started speaking to me. And then my life progressed. And as I mentioned, I did my university degrees and I was working in different different capacities. And then I decided I really had to get my health in order. So I decided to take two years off in my late 20s, not knowing, as I mentioned, it was Saturn return, which if anyone knows about astrology, is a time of opportunity to realign yourself. Of, and you may have to go through a big uh, transformation or transition at that time if you're uh, not in alignment, right, with your soul purpose. So that's what happened to me. Uncomfortable. And I started healing with Reiki and macrobiotic healing foods very intensively, like Reiki every day, and a very intensive um, medicinal healing program with the food. And because I was cleansing and clearing and strengthening my cells and my frequency on such a deep level, I started having these dreams. And I had dreams about lots of things, but I would, I was in a cocoon of healing and I would uh, need about 16 hours a day of sleep. So I would sleep about 12 hours. I'd get up and I'd cook and chew my food and, you know, do my stretching and whatever I was doing at the time. And, um, and then I'd fall asleep in the afternoon and I would just fall asleep, not thinking anything 
and I would have these phenomenal epic dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when the horses were the most clearly speaking to me. And I was told, you are a sister of horses. But at the time, I wasn't thinking about horses. I was just thinking about my own survival. Right. And um, so I just wrote it on a piece of paper. I wrote all these dreams. I had dreams about uh, the coming of the great light on the planet, uh, which is magnificent. And symbols would appear in the sky. And I was told what the symbols meant. And I had dreams that I was a spirit and I'd go into people's bodies. Just like in the movies, you know, when when you when you see in the movies, it's it the incredible journey. I forget the name of the movie from Disney years ago where they travel inside the organs. Yes. And, and everything. Yep. It's just like that. Um, and then you just wake up and you have to go wash the dishes. Right. You know, right. And then right. It's it's an interesting transition. I can definitely relate to all of that. I uh during my own personal healing journey. Uh, same things would happen in fact it was like a, it was almost like a transition between dreams and then in meditation and even in my waking state the animals would come to me the lion was coming to me in a very big way and speaking to me um during my healing and not to to get off sidetracked um, from yours but I can relate completely and I had no choice but to listen and pay attention and so actually when I started doing this podcast because I was like I need to do something I don't know what but it will come to me and I knew that it was going to get worse on this planet for the animals before it got better. And we had to step up and use our voices and start to do something for them. So um, I think it's amazing that, you know, you're able to be so clear and have such clarity and, you know, take those dreams and those messages and bring it to action and do the beautiful work that you're doing. Um, I have such honor and um, gratitude for that, for you, for the animals, for the people, for, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and then, so I wanted to also ask you about something else you've mentioned where you say that you love all animals, which obviously we can, we can see that you do, and you had no desire to be with horses, but that they, they recognized you. And so that leads me to my, you know, where you start to talk about trigger this very special horse in your life. And so when you met Trigger, um, this was much after you had already had these dreams I'm imagining, right? Um, so was, um, can you tell us um, a little bit about Trigger and how he came about for you? Yeah, well, it was completely life-changing and my whole life changed as a result of the dreams that I had in my late 20s that I guess prepared me for the dreams that came several years later about a horse at a trail ranch named Trigger. And very briefly, the story is I was visiting my dad in the hospital in Toronto. He had been chronically ill and I had this message. So I was still in my healing and I had this message to go on a trail ride and it was rush hour on a Friday afternoon and I didn't have a clue where to go. And in those days, I just looked up in the yellow pages <laughs> or a trail ranch and off I went. And, and I said, bye dad, I gotta go. And, and, and off I went and I could feel this pull, this energy, like literally taking me there. And I arrived at the ranch just on time and I was assigned to a trail ride horse 
who ended up being Trigger, the horse, one of my soulmates, um, as I said, who had changed my life. And it was a journey then from that point on. He started coming to me in dreams almost every night, even in yoga. Anytime my vibration was not intellectual. And, you know, anytime I was in a centered, connected, conscious state, whether sleeping or in yoga or if people do meditation, yeah. that that type of thing. And um, and I could feel him connecting with my heart. But he came with very specific messages in the dreams to take him away from the ranch. Wow. And, and I didn't know um, that he knew that a year later he was going to be sent to slaughter by the ranch. But he like so he knew he knew before I connected the dots. Right. And so in that journey, um, and in my relationship with horses, they always recognize me, my essence, my spirit, my mission, before I have become aware of it on a deeper level. So they very much are guides, they activate my own essence and power. Um, and they meet you where you're at. Right. Uh, so they don't push you too far, but they do want you to um, achieve your potential in this lifetime. And part of that is aligning with your spirit. And so I was after some, some challenges with the ranch, I was able to bring Trigger home and and he healed and uh we had a whole healing journey with him he had some very serious health conditions and i had no idea i had no idea about horses we had had horses when i was a little kid but not in in a you know in a really intensive kind of way right they were pets and and we loved our horses uh but um but i hadn't I guess I had the connection with them then, but I wasn't conscious of it until I I I, I was older, and um, but yeah, so that was my journey with Trigger, and um, and he's now my logo for Opponent Healing, and he's my forever spirit guide, and um, he's obviously ascended, and the horse that joined him, she's also ascended, and they come to me in dreams. And let me know when a new horse is joining us at our ranch. And uh, they were the ones that told me I'd be moving out to this new farm. And I was like, that's so far away. Like, I don't know anybody out there. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. kind of having, a, having a lively discussion. And um, so, yes, this is where our Pony Healing Ranch is in beautiful Rito Lakes, Ontario, Canada. Um, and we're finishing eight years of upgrading and renovating the property. And um, well, here in Ontario, we have a short construction season. Uh, so you can only do so much every summer, right. you know, to get the barns and the fences and everything done. But then we had two houses to renovate. But um, but yeah, they're they're always present. And yeah. everybody has spirit guides who are always present. And right. it's just a matter of connecting with that and trusting in it. And as you said, taking action um that we start to feel that flow and feel comfortable in what we call co-creating with the divine because we're already divine beings every person okay. is a highly evolved spiritual being and yet you know we live with animals who are highly evolved spiritual beings so it can really be a beautiful world it absolutely can be and you know it's funny that you mentioned the 
how horses are our spirit guides or definitely your spirit guides, but we all have our own spirit guides. And there's, um, you know, spirit, horse spirit medicine is extremely important in shamanic traditions as well as Native American traditions. And it's funny you say about how they were reaching out to you when it was time for you to do something because they do say that, or at least the, the, sh the shaman believed that the horse carries a Satan um, as medicine people and healers between worlds. And they also, they, they show us when it's time to bound over obstacles in our life and exactly the precise moment in which we're supposed to be doing it. And only if we're, we, we keep our channels open and we stay connected to source, are we going to hear these messages, which is why you, I guess we're hearing so clearly um, once you started to heal. And it's uh, amazing. It's also, also points to the importance of people taking responsibility for, you know, their own healing journey. And we all have trauma to some degree or another and, you know, whatever that is for each of us, but, and we're not always responsible for what happens to us, but we think we are responsible for how we respond after that. And if we take that healing journey um, seriously and take it with great responsibility. I mean, you're a wonderful, perfect, beautiful example of that. At, at such a young age, as a young person, you insisted you were not going to be ill. And you, I guess that was part of your journey is to, to rise up and, you know, find that strength within yourself to heal and to do all these amazing, wonderful things. And then the horses started coming to you and telling you, helping you, guiding you, showing you as way showers uh, to what you were supposed to be doing, which I think is just absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, you mentioned how in the divinity of horses trigger, you, you were quoted saying, um, he would change your life forever and connect you with the divine, setting you on your path of healing horses, appealing with horses, which, I mean, I don't want to give away too much, but um, you did allude to it a little bit about the journey that is a rescue story really for him and for you. And, and, and him coming to you, it's like, it was time for you to find out and understand that you were a sister of the horses, I think is how you put it. And so he reached out to you and was like, all right, you don't have much time left. You have to come now and, and help me. And with that, there's a rescue story that almost ended in tragedy, didn't, didn't it? If you hadn't reached out when you did. Yeah, I was his only hope. And so he sent out a spiritual message, a spiritual SOS. And every horse on the planet is doing that. No horse wants to be tortured and slaughtered, and nor should they be. And so every horse is sending out an SOS to the human who they're meant to co-create with, yes. who they're meant to help heal, and who that human has the means in the human world to save them. Yes. And it's very powerful and it's very emotional. And when we connect with our emotion, this helps us um, ground in our power to act from the highest place. Yes. It was a very emotional journey with, with a trigger. And it wasn't easy. The, the um, I didn't go into it in the book because the chapter is not that long, but but the the people at the ranch who who were in charge were not forthcoming. The staff were, the girls who were working there were, but not those in charge who would let me buy trigger. They weren't going to let me purchase him. 
Interesting. It was he was property. He was private property. Right. And they could do with him what they wanted. And you they said he sent him to slaughter. Good when you got there, did I got to work with them? Yeah. I'm sorry, we cut out. He, you had mentioned he didn't look good when you got there, did he? He was like broken. He was sad and and worn out, and they were just abusing him, really. And after you were able to, I yeah. guess, persuade them to let you buy him, what what kind of transformation happened at that point for him? Well, he kept coming to me. He never stopped coming to me in dreams until he was safe. And even, even after that, but he, he was persistent. It was his life. And I guess on a higher spiritual level, it was my life too, right? It, my whole life was changing in that process. Right. And he, um, he never let up that he wanted to be taken away from there. And it was very interesting because the, the horse dealer who owned him, would say to me I don't understand why you want this old horse that's he didn't tell me he was blind at the time but and was dying of organ failure from all the butte right that they um that they give the horses uh, but um it was I had to be diplomatic but persistent and be able to reach the horse dealer who couldn't understand why I would want to buy him right it was, right. It was a it was a challenge because right. when somebody is of that energy vibration which is obviously very low and you're up here you have to find a way to meet him so that he'll understand and not think hey what's she after because he's at a low vibration so he thinks you're coming at him at a low vibration so you probably had to do quite a bit of fancy footwork i would imagine to allow him to to give him up and i i applaud you for it well it was like it was a, a matter of life or death, I suppose, you know, both of you, your lives were changing and, and he trigger knew what needed to be done. And so we um, both made it happen. And he got healthy, didn't he? The healing power of love. Yes. We, and it's exactly as you said, you're exactly right. The horse dealer would look at me and say, you must want him for something that I haven't been able to figure out. Right. It's right. Really so he's thinking, why do I want to give him up? Maybe there's something yeah. important that I got to know about. Exactly <laughs> right. And yeah. and he did say at the time before Trigger was declining that they had used him in movie sets and they had he had, could rent him out and make huge money and yeah he was his favorite horse and all this sort of stuff. Right. I need to think what his not so favorite horse looked like if Trigger was in such terrible shape. Imagine that. That's that's really very sad. Well, it's very sad and and it's time on the planet that the people who have um a consciousness of unity people who have a consciousness of honoring life are the ones that take responsibility and as you said you know to going into a place of self-responsibility and shifting so that those who are not conscious are not in charge of other people's lives right right Right. So however our humanity has evolved, there are people who are not yet aware, really aware of what they're doing. No, they're not. Animals. They may have an immediate uh, gratification of financial reward and choose to be disconnected. 
But that's not the role of humans on the planet. The original role um, and responsibility of humans on the planet are to be humane, conscious stewards who honor life. And we intervene in the animal world when they need our help. Like maybe there's a drought or, or maybe an animal is stuck in some sort of canyon or something. Um, and we can have relationships with them in various ways. But it comes from a place of honor and mutual respect. And so I, this is what I talk about in the work that I do, to become the conscious leader of your life. And it's the conscious leaders who have to step up yeah. and now protect and help the animals. There are brothers and sisters. That's right. They have as much right to be here as we do. They have natural habitats that they evolved in. It's mm -hmm. so why did humanity allow those who are not responsible enough to take control of that? You know, that's an open-ended question. Yeah. But now it's the time for us to say we're responsible and we honor life and everyone will benefit from that. Yes. Every person on the planet, every animal will benefit from conscious leadership. Right. Human animals and um and you know, non-human animals. Absolutely. You know, that kind of it's interesting you say that that open-ended question is such a big one. Um, why do these humans behave the way that they do? And you know, they they stay stuck in this lower vibe energy and just continue to tear down and tear down as opposed to building up and, and healing and making life better for themselves and for all of us. And it, get, it gets me thinking about the name of this horse, this very special horse trigger. And I know you mentioned you were sick and I know that you know the way I grew up, I had trauma, PTSD that I had to heal myself from. And anyone who's had trauma and you know, or and or has healed from their trauma, we know that it's the triggers that take us off, you know, that they can, you know, take us out of a moment of peace and happiness in just a split second. Um, and so the fact that your horse, this horse's name is Trigger, I just think <laughs> I just couldn't help but as I was reading this, nodding in homage to him and what, you know, it's like it's poetic it's poignant i don't know it's uh it's divine that his name would come to you as trigger that and that the moment that the way it reads the way your story reads and i don't want to skip away too much i hope that people will, will buy the book and read it but the moment you sat on him it was like you almost had immediate peace and harmony and freedom from suffering just came about innately with this energy sharing. Now all of a sudden you're your energy, trigger is his energy, but now you're sharing an energy and you're creating and co-creating this beautiful healing moment that is can be the healing of triggers, can be the healing of trauma for humanity. And that makes me think, you know, about why, you know, if, if everyone just healed their own trauma, right, wouldn't that be a fabulous thing? And we wouldn't have these triggers anymore. And then all the triggers that are the horses of the world and all the other animals in the world could live out their days in happiness and peace and freedom from suffering like we're also supposed to, aren't we? And um, just more thoughts that uh, where my mind went to when I when I heard of his name and I thought it was wonderful. And folks, 
for anyone who is interested, and I hope you all are, and you really should buy the book and um, that that Lydia co-authored. And if they want to do that, Lydia, what is the best place for them to go to to find your book? Launching on Amazon on August 30th. And so on my Facebook page, my personal Facebook page, Lydia Kaleshnik or Lady Epona, and on my ranch, Epona Healing Ranch Facebook page, we are posting the links. Um, we also send out to Instagram and to Twitter um, on my feed as well. And you'll be able to find the book launch um, uh, link, the event, and then be able to purchase the book on August 30th um, to support uh, spreading this message of the divinity of horses, which extends into all animals and extends into all of life. And it's the time on the planet for us to rise up, you know, as, as your podcast says, to, like, to rise up release self-blame, enter into self-responsibility and feel that it's okay to be in your power, in, you know, in, in a way that really helps others and honors yourself. We don't have to um, play small anymore. Right. We shouldn't. We don't have the time. No, we don't have the time. And I love your theme of the lioness and the lions. I've had I've had the, I call them the lion people come to me in dreams. Oh, that's lovely. And it's been very powerful. And they come at pivotal moments. Um, and I know when the lion people appear in a dream, it's almost like from another dimension. It's almost like they flip forward from another dimension. I know there's something really big going on. So yeah. all of the animals on the planet are spiritual beings um and it's it's time we celebrate their divinity so join us for the book launch um and and we can start to spread this message of of universal love absolutely i'm, I'm right there with you and folks to learn more about lydia's Epona healing ranch and their equine assisted therapy and equine healing retreats you can go to eponahealingranch.com we'll also include the links to reach Lydia on this show's podcast profile page, which can be found on all the major podcast platforms and on All About Animal Radio's YouTube channel. Lydia, it's been an absolute pleasure sharing this time together to create something beautiful and hopefully um, that can help others learn and, and potentially heal from as well. I wish you and the Epona Ranch and all of your beautiful healing horses so much love and light in your lives and within your good work. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you and blessings to you and all your loved ones and animals as well as, as we all unite in love uh, to bring in the new paradigm of life on the planet. Definitely. Definitely, it's beautiful. Thank you all for joining us here today. Wishing everyone a beautiful day. This has been Erica Salvamini for the Rising Lioness podcast on All About Animals Radio. A special thank you to Chris Corley for generously lending us his song, Zero Gravity, for the Rising Lioness podcast theme. Please take a moment to write a review for our show as it helps others to find us. Please also support our guests and their work, All About Animals Radio, and our social networks. Doing this further supports the animals and their advocates too, thereby making you an Animal Kingdom warrior also. You can find our links on the Rising Lioness podcast page. 
Until next time, in the words of Sharon Nunez, Animal Equality President, remember this, the small actions of one passionate individual can create a butterfly effect leading to a movement that has the power to change the world. Please use your voice for the animals today.